0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We're back. Double coverage, double coverage, double coverage. Mama, we made The network picked us up. We're like established. We we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here. D-Mac to the right. Welcome to Double Coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? J-Mac here. Dev to the side of me. Welcome to another episode of Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. We come to you each and every week. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all your favorite podcast streaming websites. All you have to do is when you go there is make sure you hit that subscribe button. And as always, you can find us on social media at McCourty Twins, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Thanksgiving week, Deb, what do you have to be thankful for? Oh, Thanksgiving is an awesome time. You got to love Thanksgiving. And I saw a snippet of... Uh, beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch back on the sideline in Seattle. Richard Sherman comes up to him and he's like, hey man, what you doing for Christmas? And Marshawn Lynch like, hold on, buddy, Thanksgiving ain't happened yet, man. Giving turkeys out in the hood. I'm like Nino Brown. So Thanksgiving is a time to be grateful, thankful. I'm grateful for my family. That's who I'll be spending Thanksgiving with. Um, and I'm grateful for to still be playing football and having fun. J-Matt, what you got? What you grateful for? Man, family and time. I think when you have the time to be able to spend with loved ones, to be able to spend playing football, whatever it is, when you have time, don't take it for granted. It is a precious commodity and make the most of it. Thanksgiving week, Dev, I know it's big in New England. I know Kraft's coming in to tell you guys what he's thankful for. Bill does his Thanksgiving thing. But when you talk about NFL Thanksgivings, there's nothing better than in Tennessee, when Jeff Fisher was the head coach, I've seen this on the internet. For you guys, if you're home, look up Tennessee Titans Thanksgiving Day Prank. I know it somewhere. Each and every year, we would prank the rookies. They got me my rookie year. They would tell you they're giving out free turkeys. You roll up to your local Kroger's, which is a supermarket. I know depending upon what region you and you never heard of these places. You'd go pick up your turkey at Kroger's and then you could take it over to the team hotel and they would Cajun fry it to you. All the rookies going up, picking up all these turkeys only to get back to the facility or get to the place and find out that you had a box with foil wrapped with a bag of ice. So make sure you guys look that up. Thanksgiving Day prank. And and, and when you talk about pranks, I'm assuming Matthew Judon had a prank this week when he decided to go on this week, and say macaroni and cheese is one of the worst side dishes on Thanksgiving Day. Dev, who who raised this guy? What do you throwing over there? Throw him away. He must be talking about that blue box craft mac and cheese that you give to the little kids. No, he has no, young no pun, ones. No pun intended on the craft part. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he has he has young ones. Maybe that's what he's been eating his whole life. I don't know. But I've been trying to tell these people: Yes, Judon is a beast on the field. Yes, he's helped us. But throw him away. This is the—he has so many of these crazy opinions. I don't know where he got this from. Mac and cheese is one of the key side dishes to Thanksgiving. You—you can't have Thanksgiving without mac and cheese. The disrespect. I mean, we're gonna get him right though. That's my job as a leader, as a captain, to get him right. Me and Matt Slater, we will get him right. We'll fix that. You don't worry about it, people. You said it, not me. But you just said throw him away. In regards to throwing away, it was a rough week for the Garrett family as yes. Jason Garrett is fired as the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants and John Garrett, his brother, is fired as a head coach of the Lafayette Leopards, right? I'm saying that Leopards. correct, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I appreciate that. A rough week. <laughs> Both of those guys fired. Uh, obviously, two really good, he- really good coaches that have coached and the NFL throughout and and the whole nine, but you've never really had to deal with it. I know you've seen coaches probably. I remember when the year I was there, Fish or Fish left to go be Arizona's head coach, but you've never dealt with a a coach being fired in the middle of the season. I think I've had to go through that uh, at points in my career. And sometimes it can bring continuity and sometimes it can create chaos. Because in reality, whoever's taking over, I think they're saying Freddie Kitchens is taking over. You can't reinstall a brand new offense at this point in the season. So you have to do the most part what's already installed. Same thing for a head coach taking over. You can't go and change everything. But there are little things that you might have been noting in your notebook as you're going on. I don't really know why we're doing this. Hey, if I get the job, I would do X, Y, and Z. And here's your opportunity to make those small, fine-tuning things to be able to make a difference on Sundays. Yeah, and I know the hard thing is when these things happen – how much better do we expect, whether it's the team, the offense, the defense, especially like what is that margin that we want to see the improvement? Is it mm. one week? Is it two weeks? Three? So, you know, I think it's tough, you know, for Lafayette, they're at, they're towards the end of their season. I'm not sure if they have any more games left, but it's getting around that time where, you know, they're wrapping it up. So they're going to be focused on the future for the Giants. You know, now you have Daniel Jones. Now you have a new offensive coordinator whether it's stage Freddie kitchens or if it's somebody else next season, I'm always interested on, on what we really expect the outcome to be. And I know Joe Judd spoke about, you know, it's not the, the players, it's the coaches, which reminded me of what Bill Belichick. All, I, I, I thought of it when he said it. The first thing that came to my mind was players win games, coaches lose games. That, so that was the first thing. And then, I'm pretty sure of of being with Judge in New England, that's probably what he means. Like, hey, if we do our job, we have talent that will go win games. So that falls on us as coaches for not having these guys ready to go. I don't think it was like one of those things as if, you know, it's the coaches because we're not working hard enough or we're not doing. It's basically Mm. like we can do a better job to help these guys win games because I'm sure he feels like they have the talent to win. And I just thought of that key quote. Players win games, coaches lose games. Yeah, for sure. And I think... The same way when you think about that, conversely, as a player, when you sit there and you hear your coach say that, whether it's your head coach, whether it's a position coach, a coordinator, when there's a guy that's at the helm and you really like him as a player, you want to go out there and execute because it's not like, don't really believe all the hype where you be like, oh, guys, they want to go out there and play for their coach. Like, Guys don't care about that. Guys want to go out there and win games and get paid. That's it. We want to win a Super Bowl and get a big contract. That, that's That's what you play the game for. But I think as a player, when you're on a team and you have a guy running a team or running your your position group, whatever the case may be, if you like the way he does things, it's like, hey, we got to go out here and win games because if not, we're going to get somebody brand new in here. And whenever you get a brand new coach, a brand new GM, a brand new anything that is in a decision making role, things change. Most importantly, players change. So when you like your location, you like your coach, you want to go out there and perform for him. So I think conversely to what Judge is saying, yeah, coaches got to do all of that stuff. And then when you get out there on whether it's Sunday, whether it's Thursday night, Monday night, as players, we gotta go out there and execute the plan. The call's not always gonna save you. My position coach here at GA says that all the time. The call will not always save you. If you're a corner and you don't like playing man, we are not gonna play zone 100% of the time. So there's gonna be times where you're gonna have to buckle up and get the job done no matter what the situation is. I like that. The, call, the calls will not always save you. <laughs> um, and, and speaking of that, Dallas, one of the hottest teams in football. I know they slipped up a little bit with Minnesota, but they rebounded. Crushed uh, the Atlanta Falcons the next week. They go out. They play Kansas City. Uh, The game doesn't go that well for them without Tyron Smith, without uh, Amari Cooper. And after the game, you know, there was some tough criticism. Amari Cooper out uh, due to COVID, was on a covid um, reserve list um, and not vaccinated. So we know like we don't know guys vaccination, but when a guy gets COVID and they say he's out this week and he's out next week, and they say that right away usually means they're not vaccinated. So they don't have the opportunity to get some negative tests in there to now come back. So because of that, Jerry Jones did, I don't, I don't know. I think this is his weekly interview. I don't think like he went to do an interview about Amari Cooper. Uh, And Michael Irvin both had pretty strong words. Uh, Jerry Jones spoke more about the team, you know, putting me second, putting the team first and talked about, you know, he wouldn't have had to take that test if he hadn't been vaccinated. They wouldn't have tested him uh, after his original test Monday. Um, So it's a it's a very interesting time. Michael Irvin, uh, Michael Irvin, as you know, Michael Irvin, he went pretty hard um, about Amari Cooper not getting the vaccine. So here we are again. You know, COVID is having an impact. Do you think it's right as an owner to publicly talk about a player, especially a vaccine type of thing? And then as a player, how do you t- kind of take that? Like the guy's your owner. He, he's paying for your check. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's the beauty of this game. When you're a good enough player making enough money, who the hell cares what they say? <laughs> if I'm Amari Mar- Cooper, you got to cut the check. The contract is already signed. All I got to do is go out there and produce on Sunday. Whether it's Michael Irvin, whether it's Jerry Jones, you can say whatever you want about me. The NFL and the NFLPA agreed that there was not going to be mandatory vaccine for players. So as a player, I have the choice and the freedom and the free will to decide whether I want the vaccine. If I choose not to have the vaccine, I know that comes with risk. The same risk that everybody's going through, whether I test it every day. hell, day. I'm happy I do test every day. So now I <laughs> know that I do have COVID so I don't spread it to somebody else. The game will still be there two weeks from now as it was this week. Yes, we all want to play, but we want to be healthy and protect our loved ones as well. So depend upon the player. If you're that guy at the end of the roster on the practice squad and Jerry Jones is in a press conference and he's talking about the vaccine and you don't have it, you, buy the, you better either go get it or make sure you do not get COVID from the facility to the house. But if you're Amari Cooper, I don't care what these people say to me. When I get out there on Sunday, when I come back after this Thursday night game, hey, Dak, just throw me the rock. I'm going to go get it, and we're going to get back on this winning track. That's just that's how life works. We want to treat people fair, but we are not going to treat people the same. So, matter of fact, J-Max says at the end of the day, just keep being cool. and don't worry about the people, Coop. Do your thing. Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about the people. And I think like what you just said, kind of in the Cowboys, you lose one, you win one big, then you kind of lose one, and you don't play as well. We are there in the season at this point. And I remember when I got to New England, the, the famous saying is, football starts after Thanksgiving. And you know, they say it in New England, like football's not played everywhere else. But I will say it means a lot because when you start to talk about a a team, and this goes for any team, if you wanna get to where you really wanna get to, you wanna be playing your best football leading up to Thanksgiving and beyond Thanksgiving, because that's when those wins are gonna mean so much more. You finish that season strong and you go into the playoffs feeling good about yourself, it's only gonna propel you to where you wanna get. And as you look around the league, you saw Buffalo lost to Jacksonville uh, a week or two ago. You just saw Tennessee uh, losing to Houston. Uh, this look, yeah, definitely- Hold on. Jay, Jay, just look at these games. We talk about Thanksgiving coming. You get the Colts in a big matchup against the Bills. They beat them. Uh, the Cardinals go and handle business against the Seahawks. The Vikings beat the Packers. The Ravens are in a battle with the Bears. I know the Ravens were down a couple guys. Philly beats the, on the Saints. The Bengals beat uh, beat Vegas, and then the Steelers come up a little bit short uh, to the Chargers, and teams are starting to realize, like, hey, we kept talking about improving, getting better, giving ourselves a chance. That time is now. All of these games have such a huge impact. Uh, Like anybody should do, if you play in the NFL, listen to Brady. After the game, Brady said, you know, these games are more important. They were kind of like, why? He said, because there's fewer of them. We don't have many games left to fix a bad read, jumping off sides, a false start, a holding penalty, a pass interference, playing the wrong technique, bad fundamental. Time's running out to fix those things. So you see the level of play is jumping every team. And it's still that time of the season where you might not be in it, in it, but you're not far enough out to just be like, well, who cares? So everyone's out here like, hey, man. We got to keep playing. We got a shot. We're here. If this happens, if that happens. So it's a, it's a key time around this year. I would say for the next like three to four weeks, you're going to see some of the best football, some of the best games of the season coming up in this NFL season. Now, a question for you, because you're a guy that you've been in New England every year. This is your 12th year. Does something change around Thanksgiving there? Like, is it a, is it a mindset shift as a player? Are you doing something different after Thanksgiving or the coaches? What goes on or is it just a, a higher level of focus? Yeah, I think it's a higher level of focus and it's a, it's, a, it's a sense of urgency. Like, hey, man, like everything we work for is about to end. Like, as special as we think this team is, as much fun as we're having, this is all coming to an end. Hey, man, like if it's going to end, how about I just give everything I got right now? How about we take... Whatever time in the day, 1440, 1400, 40 uh, hours in a day, let's use all of that and see if that will be the difference on Sunday. That's kind of been the mantra and the mode around here after Thanksgiving. Not to say you're not working hard before, but now it's like, what? Are, what's every little small thing we can do to try to gain an advantage? Because I, I would say this time of the season, some of these big games, it's even, you know, you're not playing yeah. any team that, you know, is not that good. These teams are all looking to make the next move. So now it's about finding a little edge. Um, and I think you're going to see that throughout the league. The teams that find a little edge. Because these games, I mean, we're already, I think I saw it's 23 games have been decided uh, on the last play of the game. It's a high ever, I think, in the NFL. That's going to continue to happen, especially now as we get towards the end of the season. Yeah, and you just think about it. From the beginning of the season, Buffalo was in our division, and they were at the very top kind of by themselves. And yep. we were we were losing. You guys were up and down for a little while. You guys go on a five game winning streak. Buffalo drops a game. Now Tennessee drops a game. You guys are at the lead in your division. And now you're you're climbing and you're right at the top of the AFC. But it's so crazy like you just said. And one of the things that changes in, in New England after Thanksgiving is just you gotta wear a winter jacket everywhere you go because it gets so daggone cold. Which I'm I've I gotta say I've been thoroughly enjoying the seventy-five to eighty degrees daily. Here in South Florida, but that's besides the point. But as I was saying, you guys are at the top of the division right now. And it's not like you walk away, and obviously I'm I, I know I'm not there, but I know when you guys have done media this week, everybody's talking about oh, New England's back at the top of the division, and we talk about it all the time. One minute you're terrible, the next minute you're on top of the world. But as quick as you guys got up there, it's so important, especially you guys have Tennessee coming up, Buffalo after that. It's, This is the time to go on, continue a run, go on a run, even for a team like Buffalo where you've lost uh, two out of your last three or whatever. And now you're getting an opportunity. You can kind of solidify yourself going forward with your next few teams. So you like where you're at for you guys, but it can change so quickly that you got to continue to keep going. And I think one of the things you brought up was just as you talked about the Ravens in Chicago and a dogfight and the impact. Uh, like Amari Cooper, that illnesses and COVID, different guys missing games, Lamar Jackson gets sick. These Last year and this year is just so different of a scope. I mean, even to think, I was saying to one of my buddies, he had a, a cold and he was scared to death to leave the house. because He had to go get tested. It's like impossible now to just be sick. Like yeah. when a guy comes up on the injury report and he's just sick, it's like non-COVID illness. It's no longer like just illness. Like we have to specify that. So being helped, the the things that are going to propel teams right now is obviously health from a physical standpoint of like the ankle sprains and all of those things. But then just being smart, like you guys just had a Thursday night game. And we saw uh, the New York Giants just came off a bye week, and uh, Logan was a guy who tested positive for COVID. Those things of just guys trying to figure out this whole COVID thing still to be healthy, to put your best foot forward on Sunday, it's gonna continue to be a struggle to see who who are the playoff teams and who aren't. Yep, definitely. And I think one of the cool things that we got to see this weekend, I know you. You. I don't know how much you got to see it, but I watched a good amount of it. If you missed it, it was the return of Superman to Carolina, and I will say, what an unbelievable experience, an uh, unbelievable moment when Cam came out that tunnel and the crowd erupted. Um, homecoming. Homecoming cut short a little bit. Washington wins the game. But it was, I think, a, a cool thing for football where no one really cared about, you know, Washington winning. I mean they did, but they didn't. And shout out Washington. Beat Tampa, beat Carolina on a little bit of a roll. But the return of Cam to Carolina to football has been epic, I think, for the game. And to see him out there playing well, they fall a little bit short, lose on a two-minute drive on a fourth and three. Um, but it was just awesome to see. The impact he's my, had. Did you see my guy run to the 50-yard line after a touchdown? Yes. Yes, a little bit of uh, George T. Terrell Owens type back in the day on that star. But, you know, when he put the ball down and then he – the people went – I mean, it was unbelievable. So, uh, great thing to see. Former teammate in Frank. Love seeing he's him, making, him back he's out there. Making, he's making his way to Miami this week. And so, uh, we're going to try to make sure we keep him out of the end zone and off our 50-yard line. That's for sure. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> let's, get it, let's get a little bit into the group chat segment of the show. What are you guys talking about in group chat? What's going on for you guys? I know for us, a lot of what took place in our group chat was Jonathan Taylor. This man ran wild this weekend. Five touchdowns uh, against Buffalo. And for me, it made me feel a little bit better about myself. I'm down. I'm foots down. I'm injured. I'm riding around on the one-knee scooter. Can't put any pressure. Can't walk. Uh, we played the Colts earlier in the season. I missed a tackle on Jonathan Taylor on the long run. Was sick to my stomach that I missed that tackle. And ever since then, I've turned on the TV. He is making everybody miss tackles. So that made me feel a little bit better. But do you believe this guy has put his name in an MVP race uh, for this season? Without a doubt. And I will say, to his credit, I mean, over a 1,000 yards, I think, back-to-back seasons. Rookie year, now this. Uh, not an easy thing to do. And... As brilliant and awesome as he's been this year, it also reminds you of how great Derrick Henry was before getting hurt, 937 yards rushing, and Jonathan Taylor just passed him this week. And Derrick Henry's been out, what, three, four weeks now? So it just goes to show what he was doing. But Jonathan Taylor, I mean, has taken the league by storm over the last two years, and you watch him Sunday night, uh, well, Sunday against Buffalo, just running, catching a touchdown, just... The explosiveness of running in between attacks, but when he gets in open space, how hard it is to get him down. Buffalo has two of the better safeties in the NFL with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And he made them miss at times to create some of these big plays. Um, And I would say the Colts, again, no one was talking about the Colts. And now out of nowhere, they go out, they go to Buffalo. We played them. We played them early in the season they were only three at the time and i think yeah. we were one and two at the time and we we're like both teams need to win and i remember playing against them and they beat us in a, in a hard fall game and i remember walking away like eh. like i'm not that impressed like they're, they're a mm-hmm. solid team but They're not going to have any playoff contentions. We're struggling. They're struggling. They just happened to beat us on this Sunday. The ball bounced their way a time or two more than it bounced our way. But I wasn't that impressed. But it shows teams start to catch their stride. They're giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor a lot more now than they were earlier in the season. You start to figure out what works for each and every team but he's definitely put his name in the MVP. I mean Derek Henry already have an MVP by now and maybe we'll finally see we'll see a back get it soon but he's definitely I mean five touchdowns in one game is just it's just I mean that's pop Warner numbers uh, you don't you don't do that uh, at this level so that that at some point they just stacked the a box and he still was running for touchdowns so impressive to say the least. Yeah, and we won't spend next, uh, much time on this, but I will say in our group chat you always say big shout out to the players that got paid. Taysom Hill, very unique contract can make anywhere between 40 and 95 million dollars. So how a guy like Khalil Patterson? I, if I'm him, I need 50-60 million. I mean, yeah, I mean it's receiver uh, It's going to be interesting. like it's going to be interesting cuz Taysom Hill has the one variable that that position could be quarterback. High paid position, so but if I'm CP, I I won't show me the no base is forty. And it, the one thing I will say, as a as a fellow player, you're never mad at a player getting paid. Taysom Hill get paid, young fella get paid, get paid. Cortland Sutton. One year coming off the ACL has showed what he can do this year, and Denver rewards him with a new four year extension. And Dallas Goddard, that's it. been rumored all year, finally gets his extension, a new four year contract with Philly. So we just want to say shout out those players. Mid season extensions are great because it takes yeah. so much off of you of thinking about getting hurt, thinking about the, thinking about um offseason and Jesse Bates actually talked about this earlier in the year um, about his play of feeling like he had he was thinking too much about the contract and about his future uh, that he felt like it was kind of controlling his play on the field so um, players will always tell you man I'm just focused but it, it does. It, it plays a part it does. in how you it does. how you play the game. You want to be healthy. You look at Marcus May, who had a great year last year. Ruptures his Achilles this year on a franchise tag. Now, free agency's yeah. going to look totally different. So, um, yeah. shout out and those for, guys for, for, getting paid. For, for, yeah, for Jesse Bates, a guy that you would assume he'd be paid by now. But I mean, yeah. he's on historically one of the cheapest organizations in the NFL. So... You got to know you're going to have to play that contract out and see what free agency is hitting for. It's just the way the cookie crumbles uh, sometimes. Uh, trouble in paradise, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Fans, boom, on Sunday. He decides after the game not to do media. Uh, I'm out of here. He decides to do it on Monday. Is there an issue with a player not doing media? Have you ever decided on a Sunday after the game, rough game, you know what, I'm, I'm not doing media today? I haven't, but I'm not Baker Mayfield. I'm not a quarterback. Do- as a teammate, or if I was a teammate as a player, I don't care if he doesn't do media. I mean, take that up with, you know I mean? He'll pay the fine. Randy Moss Randy skipped media a bunch of times. He paid the fine and he moved on. There's times where you just, you, you don't got nothing good to say. And like our parents taught us, we don't have nothing nice to say, nothing good. Don't say anything. So he didn't say anything. What I didn't like was they win the game and he darts to the locker room. Celebrate, man. Winning's hard. Um, but I will say... The man has been through a lot. Body's been beaten up, banged up. Uh, it's torn taking it's torn a torn lot torn. of hits. No, wrong. Yes, Me. he wants to. And he said it, he wants to play better. He said, I'm always happy with winning, but I hate the fact that I'm making it harder for us to lose as a player. I'm frustrated. And I think that's real. So as a player, I wouldn't have liked him leaving. But when I heard him t- straight out like that, I'm frustrated because I want to help us win. And I feel like I'm hurting us. I think as a player, as a teammate, that type of honesty and transparency, it's real because a lot of times we feel like that as players. Like You just want to put your best foot forward because you don't care about what other people think, about uh, the media. You want the guys next to you, the guys in the locker room to know, like, hey, man, I'm doing my best to help us get these wins. So um, I would say shout-out Baker for just being honest with it. Uh, That's raw emotions, frustrated. Probably don't know what he was going to say after the game and just needed to get yeah. out of there and clear his head. Um, you could appreciate that young player still trying to find his way of playing the, one, the hardest position in the NFL. So it's going to be days like this. Yeah, I mean, I would like my quarterback to do the postgame conference. I'm not going to lie. like It sucks, but when you go out there and you throw for 600 yards and four touchdowns and we put 50 <laughs> points up there and we win by a lot. You're the one yep. everybody wants. You big key Kiki, you big Kiki, up you there, huh? You big Kiki at the mic, and it's all gravy. We find a way to win a game. You play back like I, my my quarterback. Like I need, I I want you to be able to stand in there, take the criticism. It comes with the job that we signed up for. So, do I, as a teammate, would I think anything less of him or anything because he didn't speak to the media? No, like he said, and I saw one of his quotes. He said, "I'm not accountable to the media. I don't owe." you guys anything which is true he doesn't owe him anything but honestly i would like to see my quarterback stand in there do the media say like tom said i think in the offseason 99 percent of the time he's talking to the media he's just saying whatever anyway give him whatever <laughs> it is, and let's move on and get ready for the next one and then it's that because now it becomes a whole story it's a, everybody's talking about now when when the next player jarvis landry gets interviewed on monday hey what'd you think about hey let's just knock it out and, and get it on over with that's just my opinion but And other news, LeBron James suspended for the first time in his career. Was it it inadvertent or did he do it on purpose? Let the people know. What do you think? No, it wasn't inadvertent. Do I think he tried to like, did I think he wanted uh, Isaiah Stewart's face leaking with blood? No, I don't think that. Um, But it was. It was a get off me type of shot. Um, And then shout out security and all of that stopping. But it, it, it got pretty intense. Uh, and, and shout out Mello, who who told uh, the ref, man, don't worry about it. He ain't coming over here. Then he looked at Corey Joseph. He said, man, what you doing over what here? Do- so did it was. Believe, uh, did you believe all the antics though? Like, did do you think like they, I do like, think really? I do. I do think Isaiah Stewart saw the blood, and, and it made him it. just. Yeah, it made him just snap by seeing the blood, which, I mean, he was leaking pretty good. And I think that just put him in a kind of an attack mode. We all know, uh, or maybe we don't know, but, you know, there'll be them fights. You get in a fight, and it's all good. You fight, and you're doing your thing, you know what I mean? And then you see blood, and it's like, you got me, and you might snap. So um, I get it. Not what you want to see. It was, a, it was a lot there. Um, but I think I think the suspensions, I think it was good. I think LeBron deserved to be suspended. Um, it is what it is. You throw a shot like that and you hit somebody, you got to be suspended. Yeah, yeah. That was as I watched it, I'm like, when it first happened, he hits them in the face. They are face to face after that. And like, just words are exchanged and nothing happens. And then it's just like, but like 10 minutes later, it's like, now it's a whole melee. And it's just like, well, it could, like, if it really wanted to become that, it could have became that right away. But I, I, I respect your point of in the beginning you don't know that there's about to be blood leaking down your face and that could be what kind of flips that switch and takes it to a whole nother level but if it needed to get there i would have liked to see it happen right then and there and then it would have been over with but it didn't happen and yeah we I mean, don't a, we don't need it's, it's the nba we don't. it's the nba yeah. guys we don't need we don't need malice in the palace bro. we don't we don't but i mean it's like i said it's the nba guys wear 10x sweaters Pink sweaters to games. Uh, please tell me you saw Kuzma with the sweater on. Like, what was killing it? Killing it, killing the game, killing the game. Came in there, is pink sweatered up. Is that fashion? Because I don't know fashion. Because if that's everything, fashion, I got every, everything is fashion. I mean, at our game, uh, we play Atlanta. They put Young Thug on the uh, video board. He has on a white mask over his full, full like white ski mask over his face. That's fashion, bro. Everything is fashion. You come out there like you come out there with holes in your shirt. I know you rock holes in your jeans. Some people will say that's not fashion, but everything is fashion. Whatever you decide to go with, that's fashion. So Koonsman came through what the young people said came through with the drip, drip. came through dripping, dripping. You know what I mean? So he came through like that hey, hey, a- act your age. Act, you were 34, you were the, the old man in the old. I said of the movie. young people you. say that. The young people say he came through with the drip. You can't well, buy that anywhere. You. you can't buy that pink sweater anywhere. That's dripping. You, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the young people are saying in Chicago. The Chicago Bulls played the other night, and the entire arena in Chicago was chanting Fire Nagy. Fire Nagy. He doesn't Dang. coach basketball. Why are we killing that, him at the basketball game? Hey, that is rough. Then I saw this week he was asked, uh, "Was has it already been told to him that Thursday night would be his last day, last game coaching as a head coach. Like, they're asking him, have you already been told you're going to be fired after the but, game? And did you, like, say, did you see how they said it to them? It was like, hey, I got this from a reliable source. So it was like, all right, we know you're going to – Like, they're like, we know you're going to decline this, but we know it's true. <laughs> That'll be crazy if it is true, but uh, that's tough. I mean, I, I, I we, but we've seen – We've seen that before in the NFL where, like, a rumor comes out, they say no, and then, like, a week, maybe two weeks pass, and it does happen. So, I mean, we know some of these reporters kind of fact-check these things. So whether it is told to be true right away or if it eventually happens, I mean, this stuff comes up, and sometimes it's true. Yeah. uh, Like we talked about earlier, as you get to the end of the season, injuries happen. Uh, teams are always looking at the waiver wire, looking for guys to pick up. Well, if you're a wrestling fan and you're looking for a guy to pick up, there was a fan who came out of the stands and made an incredible tackle on one of the wrestlers. I don't watch wrestling, so I don't know exactly who it was. He but took out Seth came, Rollins. Seth Rollins. Came, came out of nowhere. And you hear the guy with the camera like, oh, he was using colorful language. Oh, is, is that a fan? Where did he come from? Security, the referees, it took like five or six people to get. Him. I don't know what his big beef was with the wrestler. He was a grown man, so I'm hoping he knew that, like. This wrestling joint, like it's not real, it's kind of set up, but whatever his, his role in it was, he came out of them stands, he came fight. That was the old school Goldberg when he was making yeah, yes. tackles from all the way across the ring. I felt like I was a kid again. Like we need to get this man in the ring. I won't be surprised if he's fighting somebody at the next whatever they do on pay-per-view. Mom moms never paid for that growing up. Used to the Royal Rumbles and all of that. You have to used to wait for the next Thursday night on USA for them to play a few clips and give you the recap of what happened on pay-per-view. We didn't have we didn't know nobody with the with the cable box where you used to get the pay-per-view for free. We didn't have that type of hookup. So we had to wait for the after after joint. Same way with the fights. You had to wait to get on ESPN and just see the quick 10-second knockout clip. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I thought it was interesting too because he definitely didn't know it was fake. Because he speared him and Seth Rollins, he didn't even attack him. Seth Rollins like, hey, I know in my contract, fan come out here, let security handle it. I'm not gonna get take that lawsuit. And he left security security got him up out of there now came out there in their referee did. suits got him out of there asap so shout out to security protect the wrestlers at all costs before we get out of here and we start to wrap up we got the dan o'brien keeping it awesome moment of the week dev what you got we got a nice mo- we got uh, we got two moments For one, shout out Adele. If you haven't listened to the Adele album, 30, you're missing out. She came with the fire. But Adele, Adele had a private showing and she had another showing. Her first showing, she has a young man bring his girlfriend out on stage. She dims the light so you can't see her. And then the the young woman takes the blindfold off and she sees there's people in the audience. She don't know where she's at. Her mouth is like this whole time. My man drops down on a knee and asks her to marry him. I mean, it was just beautiful. Soon as she says yes, the lights pop on, Adele pops up. She is now tears rolling. She's looking at Adele. She don't know what is happening. And one of the best parts is she goes to sit down. She sits in her seat, two seats down, is Lizzo. She looks like and then Melissa McCarthy hands her a champagne glass. She, I mean, it was one of the best things. Uh, for Adele to do something like that, I mean, it was remarkable. But Adele wasn't finished. She got surprised at her own show. Her uh, elementary teacher, I believe it was like seventh or eighth grade, who. Yeah, she was uh, yes, she said uh, someone asked her, was there someone who had a big impact on her? She starts explaining and talking about this teacher. The teacher pops up at the show. Ade- beautiful moment, caught a- beautiful moment caught, caught Adele off guard so much She had to walk off and get her makeup redone Because the tears was flowing Adele, you hot right now Album hot, your moments are hot For that Adele, you get the Dan O'Brien Keeping it awesome moment of the week For sure, and shout out She's dating Rich Paul, so shout out Rich Paul as well Don't want to leave him hanging Let's get into who won and who lost the weekend The loss is obvious the law starts with matthew judon this guy thanksgiving week decided to say macaroni and cheese is a side that needs to be thrown away we won't pray for him him. but matthew judon you lose the week and also the garrett family jason and john both being fired this week as a brother as brothers we hate to see it you never like to see somebody lose their job a lot of time and energy goes into coaching So hoping those two guys land on their feet. Dev, who won the weekend? Who won the weekend? Family, family won the weekend. My family, J Max family, your family families around the country. Thanksgiving week uh, is a time to spend with your family. Kids who have first now gone off to college come back home. Uh, It's just a great time. Uh, Hopefully uh, our service people either get back home or set up a video chat. It's just a great time. Family, faith, football, uh, and food. It's all of the great things about Thanksgiving. All of the things that are just wonderful for you to be around your family, having a good time. Please be safe now. Take it easy on whatever it is, the drinking and driving, all of those things. But enjoy your family um, and have a great time. I just love to see people posting on social media, people connecting with people they haven't seen in years. Uh, And then also, big shout out who won the weekend. New England's own player development, Chris Mattis, goes into his high school hall of fame. Um, He's a star Pro lacrosse player, championship lacrosse player in college, uh, also a Rutgers alum. Shout out Chris Mattis, High School Hall of Fame, man. That's big time. Hey, hey, what what a way to wrap up the show. Shout out Chris Mattis, great guy in New England, always helping the guys out. Man, we appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode of Double Coverage. With the McCordy Twins, make sure when you guys are on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, you're hitting that subscribe button and you're checking out the content that we're bringing you each and every week. And as always, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at McCourty Twins. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. And, and we'll for Thanksgiving, you- say, Mama, we made it because I want greens, beans, tomatoes, man, green. That should be on repeat all day Thursday, man. Mama, we made it. There you go. We'll see you guys next week.